Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers, you are very welcome. It's good to see you. Please check the three dots menu at the top or look along the bottom row until you see a little cog or wheel icon. Click that, click the word quality, and then upgrade the quality of your video to 720 or 1080p. I am continuing with the prophecies in the America series, and today I am looking at a very recent one that I received. It's a strong prophecy. It's called Over the Tops of the Buildings, and I got this on March the 2nd, 2021. Before I go any further, I would just like to mention, as I always try to do now, because there are many new people coming to this channel, I did say when I first started the channel that um, the Lord had given me a commission to put the prophetic words into blog format, to put them on the internet, and I basically chose a blog because it seemed like the best way to compile them. I've been receiving the prophetic words of the Lord since 2012. Even now, I'm still getting new words, and I shared a few days ago that I am a little behind just putting up the things that I received last week. I shared in one of the videos, I think it's the one that I just put up called Fire, I shared that it's been a difficult week, meaning since last week, Tuesday, right up to today, because in my personal time, the Lord was, God should always lead in our personal time, and um, in my time of just spending time with the Lord and, and just reading, He kept taking me to verses in the Bible that don't speak of anything good for the nation of America. It kept taking me to very strong verses, very painful verses. One of those verses is, excuse me, please, is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 10. I would say verses 10 to 13. And basically that is talking about uh, a hard judgment that God once brought on the nation of Israel. And the way he, he chose to bring that hard judgment is that he 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 rose up two of Israel's adversaries. Um, I think one is called Rezin, and the other one was called Pekah. So these were two, uh, the Bible calls them smoking firebrands, meaning that they were very robust and power-hungry and youngish men who were interested in empire. When a king or a ruler is interested in empire, it means that he's very, very aggressive and he's very, very keen to look for weaker territories that he can come against, lay siege against, fight, overtake, conquer, and take everything they have. And so uh, over the last couple of years, especially 2020 and, 20, and 2019, the Lord has given me Isaiah chapter 9, and from about verses, it's either from verse 10 he starts or he will go chapter 9, verse 12 and 13. And basically those verses always talk about the coming of Rezin, the son of Remalia, and Pika. And these were two very young, aggressive leaders who were constantly coming and troubling Israel, hoping to overthrow it, destroy it, and take all the riches, take the temple, take everything that Israel had. And so the Lord was bringing this verse to mind, kept showing me and highlighting different verses in Revelation chapter 17, and especially Revelation chapter 18, talking about the United States and saying that she is not 
deserving of mercy for the sins that she has committed and for the crimes that she has committed and that he, God, will not relent no matter what. I understand that it is very hard to hear these things. Believe it or not, as the one delivering these words, they take a toll on me. And that's just simple human nature. Just as I understand that out there, you do not want to constantly hear bad news. It makes the soul to greatly faint. It makes the soul to greatly wilt. And it can cause a person to cry out and say, but is there no respite? Is there no good news? In the same way, the one having to bring these words again and again and again, different scenarios, none of them promising much joy, none of them promising a good end. It takes the same toll. But here you are and here I am, and we have to make this work. And the reason that I am willing to do this for as long as the Lord God has directed is because if God did not love this country, if God did not love each and every single person living in this country, God could not send warning. God could not send judgment or warning of judgment. He would just fall upon this nation the way God fell upon the people in Atlantis and the way he fell upon the people in Pompeii. I know that it must be love that warns. Ezekiel 33 is an example of love that warns, warns, where God says to the watchmen, I've set watchmen and my the job I've given these watchmen is to cry aloud when they see the sword coming. So the watchman has just one job, which is to lift up his voice and trumpet. Danger is coming. The sword is coming. We must prepare. If you do not do that, God says to the watchman, I will require the blood of all the people from you. Whoever dies in sin, meaning that whoever meets his end, still living a sinful lifestyle because you did not lift up your voice. You did not cry aloud. You did not warn anybody that these things would take place. Whoever continued living complacently and died in sin and therefore ends up in hell is for your account, watchmen. But if you see the sword coming, if you see danger coming, if you know that judgment has been pronounced and you cry aloud, and the people at least hear you, they have a chance to deliver themselves. God even says that if you cry aloud and people hear you and ignore you, he will not require anyone's death at your hand. He will have that one-on-one -on -one talk with the one who heard that danger was at hand and did not change, did not turn their feet, turn their feet from evil, did not repent and did not do anything. And so I know that these words are heavy I feel the toll of them, and yet I have to be true to what I have received. I shared in a previous video that part of the commission that God has given me, he has given me my commission direct from the pages of scripture. And even though I have many of them, two that always stick in my mind and two that I was forced to go and read um, last night and this morning, actually, were Ezekiel 2 and 3, where God is talking about the hearts of the kind of people that he was going to send me celestial to. And as I read these many years ago, I, I felt kind of down 
because uh, Ezekiel 2 says that the, 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 the messenger will be forced to eat a scroll. And the scroll that Ezekiel got in, in Ezekiel 2, was it was written with lamentations and woe and mourning. Lamentation, which is great sorrowing and loud verbal, um, loud audible weeping and mourning, which is deep desolation and pain in the heart and grief and woe. In the Bible, a woe is a great calamity. Whenever you see an angel crying woe, whenever you see a prophet crying woe, nothing positive ever follows that word. That is the commission I received from the Lord. It is rare or next to impossible that I have a positive dream, a pleasant dream involving the United States or involving the world at large. It doesn't go that way here. And so one of the caveats that I even share with people in my real life is you cannot or at least may not want to watch these things exhaustedly. You can watch them because you need to know what is coming. But brothers and sisters, I'm asking you please not to watch them until your heart, which is your inner man, your spirit fails within you. Please do not do that. I had to learn in the presence of the Lord how to hold these things within myself in such a way that they are not corrosive towards the rest of my life. There are people who become extremely dejected and depressed and they cannot see the good in life anymore because they watch these things compulsively. They come to the conclusion that death is imminent. Tomorrow the world burns. What's the point of living? And then we abdicate our responsibility as Christians to live boldly for Jesus Christ, to share the gospel, to share love, to be people of joy and peace and and inspiration to others around us. We are the light of this world and we are very soon going to be the only light that is shining in the darkness. And so I just thought that I would share these words so that if your heart is failing, please take a breath. And not only that, take a break. Whether you're an old subscriber or a new one, you need to know these things, but you need to temper your knowing with lots of time spent in the word and lots of face time with God, receiving his, his promises, receiving his, his assurances, receiving his love so that you can be balanced in these things. These are just the thoughts that were on my mind this morning. Another thought that was on my mind this morning is to the people who will hear these things and argue. Remember, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't have the inclination to do that. Or people who will hear these things and outrightly dismiss them. I was spending time with God this morning and he brought a particular memory back to mind. It's one of the origin stories that he had given me, and I think perhaps I will share this one, even though I said that these things, I consider them intensely private, and I don't like to talk to them with anyone because it's my assurance to, for me to know that God has indeed called me to this work and given me a charge. But um, it was either a dream or a vision. I can't remember now, but what I know is I had a house on a street. So I, I was one house on a street where 
everyone had a house. But my house was blazing with light. It was blazing with light. Light blazed from the doorways, light blazed from the windows, and light came out almost like a halo through the roof. So the house looked like a little gingerbread cookie house radiating light, like something you might see from a cartoon. But the thing is this, it was daylight. It was about one in the afternoon, two in the afternoon, the sun was out, and so daylight was blazing everywhere. And so this house of mine that was blazing was with light wasn't exactly uh, standing out. It didn't exactly stand out or draw the eye because even though light was blazing from the house, there was plenty of light available. But what happened is without warning, suddenly it went from day to night. So it became dark, and this was a global darkness. Whether this was spiritual darkness that came upon the, wor the world, showing that we were in terrible times of great danger and suffering and trial, or whether this was actual physical darkness, I don't know. All I know that it went from light to dark like that. And when that happened, the door, the gate of my house was locked by the Lord and people began to come to that gate people who who had not prepared themselves for the times we all now found ourselves in many people a great crowd of people gathered at my gate and why is this because the land was dark the street was dark but now the light that was in my house radiating out and available all this time could be seen. The light was golden and bright and many people flocked and they each were carrying an oil lamp and they were attacking my gate, not, not so much violently, more desperately. They were shaking the gate and saying, let us in celestial, open the gate and let us in. We need to get oil. We need to get oil for our lamps. But I stood on my porch with all that light blazing and I did not come down to open the gate because the Lord himself locked the gate and would not allow those people access to come and get the oil for their lamps. And this is a picture directly of Jesus talking about the wise and the unwise virgins. Those who prepared when light, oil, spiritual readiness was available and those who mocked and scoffed and said what I read almost every single time when I come to moderate the comments on the blog. This is all lies, this is too harsh, your words are evil, you're cursing the nation of America. And my personal favorite, who called you to do this? Who are you? Anyway, I've always said, if you need to know who I am to be able to rightly judge the words that I'm speaking, then you clearly don't understand how prophecy works with all due respect. And so the Lord locked the gate and he did not allow anyone in the dark times to enter into the place where there was light and oil 
available. And I stood on the porch and I watched those people and I knew that God was telling me that no matter what I do and say on the internet or even if I take up skywriting to share these words, there will be a large component who will either miss what I'm saying, who will focus on small and absolutely immaterial details like where I came from, where do you live, Celestial, and uh, how long do you think we have, Celestial? People who will focus on minutiae and absolutely miss what is important and people who will absolutely throw it away or misinterpret it or just not pay attention until it gets dark. So I just thought I would share that because I know in my spirit and also from some of the things I read that there is a group that is listening. And to that group, I tell you, take comfort in the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what you hear and no matter what you see, Isaiah 26, 3, he will keep in perfect peace he whose eyes are fixed upon the Lord. And so today's word is not pleasant, as always. It is called Over the Tops of the Buildings, March 2, 2021. The banner scripture is this. Is this silent ruin all that is left of your once joyous city? What a long history was yours. Think of all the colonists that you sent to distant places. Isaiah 23 and verse 7. Was this not your pride from the beginning, before she was surrendered? This is the Septuagint translation of the same verse, Isaiah 23 and 7. And so, the words that the Lord gave me were this, New York City shall be a ruin. It will be drowned and submerged, but it will also be a ruin. So this is just a comment that the Lord made to me and told me to put it here. And so it was 6 a.m. in the morning and God woke me up from sleep to tell me this. Water will cover the land. Water will cover New York City. A wall of water as high as the tops of the buildings. I will drown her. I will remove that abominable city from before my face. Every unclean thing is found there. Every cunning artificer and practicing idolater, practicing evil abominations, which I hate. New York kills the unborn. She brings them even right to the edge of life, and then she extinguishes them like cheap candles instead of shepherding them into the world as the precious gifts that they are. I will wipe away this city and it will be no more. You don't need me to tell you about New York's um, brand new take on the abortion laws. I think this was in 2017 or 2018. I can't be sure of the year when the abortion laws here in New York City were greatly expanded. And you can now um, terminate a pregnancy even right at the edge of life. So even in the final months, you can even terminate the pregnancy in a format where you give birth and the doctor will, as long as you haven't fully given birth, put the baby to death. So this is a whole person who's ready. Even when the baby is conceived in your womb, God knows that this is a person because Psalm 139 already talks about the fact that 
God has written the book of our lives and lengthened and cut off all our days before one of those days came to pass. So God's conception of the person is very different from the conception of the person that we have in the world today. And we have Roe versus Wade and the United States of America for championing that all over the planet. The Lord went on to say that New York City is home to a lot of idols. He has this phrase that pops up in the prophecy a lot. There is a God for sale in every street. And it's true. If you know where to go in New York City, people are literally selling their deities in the doorways of stores. So according to the different cultures that have come here from all the different parts of the world, the different communities have their gods, their shaped metal or wood or plastic beings that they pray to available for sale. And even if you're one of the people who think you want to take up one of these religions, you can go and buy them and put them in your business for good luck. Um, and things like that. And so God said that New York City has different forms of idol worship, false religions found here, and all different forms of worship that is not pleasing to him, and that these things provoke him greatly to anger. He said that people even have shrines and different portable temples of worship in their homes. And I was seeing tiny little pictures of just people praying to little curved in little alcoves in their apartments. Um, the Lord has even showed me here in New York that they have that people have uh, slaughterhouses or little uh, washable sacrifice places where they sacrifice chickens and other things that are not chickens mm, to the gods that they worship. And he said it here. They practice Santeria. They practice witchcraft and many other forms of false worship, conducting demonic activity in their homes. And a stink is upon the land because of it. In the streets of New York, multiple religious co religions confront me, and I can find no place to land when I gaze on this place. Now, when you hear that, you think of how Noah released a dove, and the dove could find no place for her feet, so she came back to the ark. But when Noah released another bird, I think it was a raven, the raven didn't come back. And what most people may not know is that the dove is always used to represent holy. The dove is not the Holy Spirit, as the Catholics would sort of insinuate in other religions. The dove is just symbolic of the peace and the presence of God's Holy Spirit. And when the dove went out, even though the water had abated, the land was covered with gross and disgusting, semi-decomposing and rotten bodies of all life and the dove could not find anywhere to land so she came back but when the raven went out they loved dead stuff so it was in bird heaven and it didn't come back to the ark it stayed out there so Noah kept releasing the dove until she finally found um, a, a tree that she could land in and then one day she didn't come back so God says that when he is looking for a place to land in the nation of America and in New York City specifically, he can't find anywhere because of these indictments that I'm reading out to you. Witchcraft, um, shrines in the home, false religions that have flooded the city, a God is for sale everywhere, and people provoke him. He says that New York is corrupted and the people are very cruel and foul. So I will visit them in their day with all forms of heat and fire. I will rain down judgment from above them and in a single moment of time, the 
American idol will be no more. This is the word of the Lord. I have a prophecy on the blog and I have a video for it. It's called Arrows. And in that vision of the Lord, I was sleeping and I heard someone in my room cry, Arrows. I heard the cry and I woke up and when I opened my eyes, I was not in bed, but I was fully dressed and standing in the streets of New York at around twilight to evening and the sky was full of missiles. I'm not talking about one. I'm not talking about 10. I'm talking about the way it looks in the movie 300 when the archers release a billion arrows and the sky is dark with them. Somebody released so many weapons against this city alone that it is clear that the intent was not just to destroy the city, but to destroy the city and obliterate it with malice. We know that one uh, nuclear missile or even these things called ICBM, intercontinental ballistic missiles. We know that just one or two of those can do huge structural damage to a place. There is no need to release 60, 100 of these things until the sky is black with them. What you're doing is overkill and you're basically trying to make it known that you want to remove that place that you're bombing from the map. And that is what I saw in the prophecy, arrows. So the Lord then went on to talk about this water that I've only recently started to hear about in greater detail. He said, America will be largely submerged in many areas and there will be a new map for the USA. And this, in, this is the same thing he said in a recent prophecy called In One Hour. I will link all these videos below. He said, multiple walls of water will hit the cities San Francisco, you will be washed away and the voice of revelry and abomination will no more be heard in you. You will go under the water completely, drowned at last as you have drowned in your sin. Many inland cities will be washed away as I purge this land of idolatry. American gods bow down, all you American gods. And so... He went on to say, wickedness will be submerged. I will drown you. I will wash my land clean. I will trouble you with water disasters until you turn from your sins and beg for mercy. But I will not relent. Mystery Babylon, my hand is stretched out still. And this sentence is from that constant verse in Isaiah that I shared at the beginning, Isaiah 9, um, it's verses 12 and 13 and 14. It's a refrain that you find throughout the chapter of Isaiah 9. My hand is stretched out still. And what that means is that I will hit you, but I'm not done. My hand is still stretched out for more. I will strike you, but I'm not done. My hand is still stretched out for more. And in Isaiah 9, God basically details, I will do this to you, but I'm not done. There is more to come. And so a note about San Francisco is that um, this is one that I've seen at least for the last four or five years, that that place will suffer many powerful earthquakes. And I saw one that was so powerful that the land rose up in a heap. So it was flat. Excuse me, please. 
the land was flat and then it began to undergo tremors. And the reason that the land was shaking so much, the Lord showed me, is because of the great number of men there who practice cross-dressing and homosexual lifestyles. Not just the men, but the men and the women. There is a two-part prophecy that I received from the Lord called, Stay True to Your Assigned Gender. It is a very new and recent thing where people begin to play with the idea of gender as something separate from sexuality. There are only two genders. It doesn't matter how many laws the United States of America passes or the, or the city of New York passes, increasing the number of gender and creating new phrases and words and titles that most of us who are older have never heard in our lives before. The Bible is an old book, and the tenets and truths in it existed even before the work itself was commissioned. God made man and woman. He didn't make man and woman and tell them, at some point in the distant future, I will present you or allow you to create for yourselves a multiple choice test where you will be able to tick whatever you feel like being, and then you can bend reality and become that thing simply through the force of your will. If you are a woman, you cannot become a man simply because you say so, feel so, or because it's written down legislatively somewhere. Reality is greater than your ability to bend it. And so I saw that San Francisco, the land was inundating and shaking a lot. So they experienced an increase in their earthquakes and then they were hit with what most people call a big one. And in this big one, I saw the land rose up in a heap. It looked like this. This is the best way that I can put it. And it was under so much strain that it bent and bent and then it went and it broke like a cookie and fell back in two separate halves. So the Lord says that this water that he is talking about, the water punishments will come so far into the center of the United States that you will have more great lakes than you naturally have. And he says the time is coming and your judgment will not be withheld anymore for strong is the Lord who judges you. Repent and be baptized. Give your life to the Lord and turn from idolatry, idolatry which is grossly disrespectful to God. Put your eyes on him alone. And so I saw a picture of New York Island. Um, these names came into my spirit as I was looking. I saw a picture of New York City, Ellis Island, something called Providence Island, and I saw many, many skyscrapers. The only problem is that they were all underwater. And as I was watching the scene, I'm seeing little breathing bubbles come up, and then I realize, oh, it's me. I'm under the water. And so these buildings, a lot of them, they still had glass, some of them, but not many of them. Many of them just had the square holes. And those square holes were just watching me like blank eyes under the water. And it was a huge pool. And New York City was absolutely submerged. I don't know what time in the future this will be, but I know that the sea took the city. The land greatly fell. So I don't know if the, if the island of Manhattan and, you know, the bay... Um, Hudson Bay, the port over there. I don't know if the land depressed because of something that happened. Maybe there was a quake or something. I don't know. I don't know if it sank or I don't know if so much water came in that it actually rose up to the height of a, of a 
of a skyscraper, but it seemed that the land did drop down and go under and the sea took up all the space. And I saw that the city was still, just as the Lord said to me many, many years ago, I've shared that I was walking um, to a church event and I was passing through Times Square and the thought just came to my mind, um, not that I was doubting the Lord, but you know, when you see the, the grandeur of Times Square, it's really, it's really something. There are few cities in the world that have managed to just compartmentalize that much sensory um, and auditory uh, uh, pressure against the human eyes and ears. And you're just there like, whoa, you know, but I was walking through this and the thought just came to me like, can, can all this really be destroyed? Can all this majesty, you know, all those buildings along the avenue, avenue of the Americas, can it all really be taken away? And the Lord spoke to me in that instant because he's always watching our thoughts anyway. And he said, do not be dazzled by their display. Don't be fooled by what you see, Celestial. I say to you that there will be nothing here. At that time, all the Lord said to me was that New York would be still and deserted and that the wild animals that live in Syracuse and just outside the city limits would move in and they would be the ones that would be sitting in these amazing penthouses and going up and down the stairs in Radio City Music Hall and Carnegie Hall and all these places and it would be utterly deserted of people. And that actually is what it means for a place to be left desolate when it's deserted when it's empty, when it's no longer functional as a hub of civilization, a place is said to be desolate. And so I was just noting here that when God is saying that there's artificers and idolaters in the land of the United States and also concentrated in New York City, he's basically saying that there's a lot of deception and trickery, a lot of underhanded deceit that is taking place in this city and in the nation. A cunning artificer is someone who uses extremely ingenious tricks and deception to bring about the result that he or she wants. Now, these methods can include the supernatural or the natural lies and other types of things that will deceive and fool others. It basically means to have quick hands that can work deceivingly and with great intelligence to fool others. And I know that if you're a New Yorker and you watch this, you might want to say, no, we're just savvy and everything, but just please understand that God has a whole different standard on the type of influence that he wants controlling our hearts. And an idolater is one who practices any form of faith or religion of worship that does not follow the one true God who refers to himself as Yahweh. So many in the Western world think that idolatry has to be a functional item that you are giving worship, something that you're bowing to or praying to. And yet, Without ceasing, God always says that this nation is guilty of exalting human beings, the human opinion, exalting her stars, worshiping her basketball players, worshiping her musicians, and her children follow suit. Many of you, your children idolize these women that are half naked on stage and these men that are playing sports. And it's not bad to have a gift or a talent, but at the same time, if your child has not been taught by you the difference between a skilled human being, which is fine to say, oh, this person is talented or to give praise here where it's due and 
the idea of opening up their very soul to pour out love and adoration in a way that should be reserved for the Lord Jesus Christ himself, then there's a lot of parents who are going to have to answer to the Lord Jesus for the state that their children's heart are in um, because they didn't raise the children up from the need to actually know that God is even in the mix that God is a member of the family. And if I'm saying this to the believer, then imagine what the standard will be for people who do not even regard God at all. And so this is the word that New York will suffer a water disaster at some time, probably towards the end of this nation's um, great standing that will cover her skyscrapers and... Um, I was looking for an image, and I have to say this, brothers and sisters, I was looking for an image to use on the post. What shocked me as I was trying to find the right one is how many images linked to articles where apparently the city itself was warning the American people, could New York go under the water in a tsunami? Could New York be destroyed by a huge water disaster? And I looked at this and I really saw the deceit that this government leverages against its citizens and thought to myself, these people completely have foreknowledge of this stuff. And what they're doing is they're writing Washington Post articles and New York Times articles as if they are only considering a possibility instead of knowing that these things will be. Please beware of the information you find in the media thinking that this is just conjecture. These people absolutely know and have planned ahead for things that they don't intend to share with you. I will end this video with three or four right now words that I received when I was praying this afternoon. The Lord gave me these words. I put them here. I will not write them as prophecies on the blog. They were just short statements that he made, and I remembered them and wrote them down. The first one is that every idol will be destroyed. Please listen with your heart. If you are, for instance, a young man who has met the woman of your dreams, and you love her, and you are planning to marry her or you're dating her and you just love her so much, vice versa, female to male, that is fine. But if you are pouring out of your belly living water towards this human being that actually belongs to the Savior in heaven, that person is your idol. Watch out that harm does not come to them because we are in the era where God will start striking every high thing that exalts itself above the name of Jesus. So idols are not just going to be the shaking of temples in Thailand and the shaking of Shinto shrines in Japan and in other nations where we know people have visible, visible gods. This will be the lifting up of anything, especially if you are a Christian and you should know better. If God sees in your heart that he is not number one, he will strike and destroy whatever that thing is. The second thing that he said to me was that the bales will be destroyed. The bales are different. Balim is the plural, plural word for the Old Testament grouping of the false 
gods. Now, um, in modern parlance, the closest things that I would bring the Baals to are people who are following the worship of angels, the worship of fallen angels, people who are participating in witchcraft, demonology, divination. There are a lot of Christians who are right at the cusp of divinations. And this will take me into the third point. Divination is where you just love to seek prophetic words or you love to give them. The inner water of your soul is constantly being stirred to share. And the Lord said to me this, and the Lord said to me that. And even when the Holy Spirit is not moving you to speak, your mouth, your two lips, you can't close them. You always have to be the center of revelation, giving a word here and giving a word there. And most of the time it is fleshly, it is sensory, or even worse, a divination spirit is operating through you, defiling many people. I have shared many words of warning here that if you are the kind of person that likes popping into the inboxes of these gypsies masquerading as prophets, people telling you, oh, just, just inbox me and I'll give you a word. You have to know that that is not biblical. When you see the gift of prophecy operating in the Bible, do you see people lining up to get a word dropped by Elisha or a word dropped by Habakkuk? Be warned. God is saying that the Baals will be destroyed. The next thing that the Lord said is that false prophets will be uprooted. And for this one, I saw a picture. I literally saw the Lord walk to what looked like an onion garden, not the round onion, but the thin green onions. And he reached out a massive hand and uprooted a huge group of people. He just reached out towards this big, huge patch of freshly growing green onions. All these false prophets lying to you 24 hours a day that God told them this and God told them that. And the grace is flowing and the love is over flooding. And they just, mm, they just sense that the, the this and the that of God. I saw the hand of God reach out towards this flourishing green garden full of the green onions and he grabbed them and when the hand held them brothers and sisters to my shock and horror those green onions turned into people and the onions went from green to white and they became limp and lifeless in the hand of God and he threw them away they were green and their roots were this deep, this deep. Just the way you know that green onions have this tiny stubby roots at the bottom, very shallow, just enough because they're a quick growing plant and everybody knows that they're meant to be consumed quickly. So they don't need deep tap roots like the other plants. He ripped them up and the second he held them in their hand, in his hand, they lost life and they went from green to blanched white. And I saw onions, but at the same time, I saw people like this in the hand of the Lord. And he flung that mass away. The last thing, something that I, that I have heard from the Lord for years, many years, but I have never actually written about it on the blog as yet. I have quite a few prophecies about it, and I think that I'm nearing the time where 
I don't have a choice. I will have to put them up if he gives me this to say publicly today. The Lord says to tell you, America, that strange lights will appear over your cities. Your skies will be full of them as the enemy becomes more bold and audacious than he ever has before. And I saw colorful lights, little orbs, blue, yellow, green, white, spinning and playing like toys in the sky, doing tricks, zipping in the sky, and everybody and their grandmother was on the ground filming it for dear life. God said to tell you that strange lights will appear over your cities. And in time, you will see the ships over your cities. Your skies will be full of them as Satan becomes very bold. And the devil will show himself in this way. I think there's only one prophecy on the blog where I just came out and said it. It's the prophecy that says it's forced vaccines and aliens. At the bottom, I just, as I was writing that prophecy, I just felt this great weight on my heart and I just wanted to be free of this knowledge. And I just came out and I said it. I said one of the dreams that I had had from the Lord concerning this issue. The Lord has told me that the biggest of the ships will come to America, that these ships will be all over the world in their time, but the biggest of them will be over the American cities. They will show themselves so plainly and without shame. And here's the pitiful part. People will welcome them as if it was Jesus himself. You will be destroyed by them. You will be destroyed by them. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. I apologize for the lengths of these videos. I'm simply trying to say what is necessary to give God his due. If you are improperly warned, I will be guilty. If you are not warned at all, I will be guilty. If I present the information in a way that makes you feel good so that you can watch this like just another channel and walk away, then I've expressed what God says and presses upon me so strongly in a very poor manner. Let those who have ears to hear, hear. This is my labor of love to God. May you be blessed. All the information for my ministry is below. If you decide to support this channel, whether with sharing it or whether with supporting the ministry itself, you can find everything below. Always look below so you can have a synopsis and know what the video is about. May God bless you and keep you. I'm doing this from my heart. May you have the kind of heart that can receive it. In Jesus' name, amen.